Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. Echo is a group of people in Cincinnati, Ohio, who love Jesus, love hanging out, and are navigating the ups and downs of our faith together. We're glad you're here. Good morning. You know, often the move from the ending of one thing to the beginning of another, it's just, it can give us pause for thought or maybe some new motivation. So if you've ever ended a job, headed to a new career, maybe you felt that, or you finished a degree and you were ready to go use that, you know, what is the motivation? What's the new thing coming? Maybe you feel it every year on your birthday where you're getting ready to head into a new chapter of your story. Or maybe you feel like today, December 31st of one year, maybe the, maybe the calendar flip has that motivation for you. Seems to have that for a lot of people. People set goals, right? They set, um, re- make resolutions. Well, you can stand at the beginning of a new year as an optimist, and you can think of all the opportunities before you. Or you can stand as a pessimist and think of all the scary unknowns. It's hard sometimes to balance. It's hard to figure that out someday. So we're going we're gonna to try to look from the optimist point of view today. Um, the truth is probably somewhere in between. Some things we expect and anticipate will happen, good or bad. But there's many surprises in our year to come. And so let's talk today about that optimistic side, because we're in our series called Peace Be With You. So we want to think peaceful thoughts this morning. And we have been in a season at the end of this year where we've looked at this idea of peace and what it means. And we looked at it through Jesus coming into the world as a baby, because it's been Christmas time, and that's what everybody's thinking about. But we haven't stayed with Jesus as baby. We have looked to see how Jesus lived out peace throughout his life. And we've talked about the different ways that we look for peace in our own lives when we're facing doubt, when we're dealing with anxiety, when we are in conflict in our relationships. And we long for peace and try to figure out how to navigate when the world doesn't feel very peaceful. And we have been reminded that God promises to be with us, and that Jesus said, I'm leaving you my spirit, this mysterious part of God who promises to be with us. And it's, he's unseen, and yet there's moments where we can not point to anything else but say it must be God's presence. So right now, where we want to end our peaceful thoughts, our Peace Be With You series, is in a challenge, a challenge from Jesus himself that in order to see this peace in the world, part of it is our job to make it. We're going to be in several different scriptures today, and we're going to remember what we've talked about throughout the whole year because it's, it's all working together, all of scripture. And so we're going to bounce around a little bit today. We're going to begin in the New Testament with Just a short quote from Jesus. This was in the book of Matthew. We read all about the life of Jesus. And we read parts of that to read about his birth earlier this month. But when Jesus was in his ministry and he was teaching, there's like a famous sermon he preached that we know of as people call the Sermon on the Mount because he was 
on a mountainside preaching. So it's a good name for it. But it has some amazing, amazing passages because basically Jesus is looking at his own friends, his own neighbors, his own community who were raised to believe in God and yet they had some things twisted. They didn't actually figure out how to live it out or they tried to do these rituals and these ways of, of appeasing God. And yet Jesus was like, it's more practical than that. It's a little bit countercultural than what you've ra- been raised to see. And they looked at Jesus and thought he was very strange, many people did. And yet he was like, I'm living out God's love. And this is what it can look like. And this is how you can live it out too. And in the midst of him preaching and teaching them about God's way and living it out, he says, Matthew 5, chapter 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And so Jesus is saying this in a place where his whole community is living in an occupied situation. The Jewish people were governed by Rome right now. And I'm sure they're looking around like, we don't feel very peaceful. And I don't really want to make peace with those people, right? And yet Jesus said, those who make peace are the true children of God. And he was trying to give them hope to say, you're living in a world of social hierarchy that's even filtered into religion. And yet Jesus says, look at the people around you. How you show God's love is what you're making between people. How you're serving the Lord is through mercy. It's through being meek, keeping your heart pure, and making peace. And Jesus called that righteousness. And yet, just as strangely as people felt in that day, these concepts probably sound pretty strange to our day too. Because in our culture... Power seems to be lifted up more than meekness. And people are easy to yell at one another rather than to create peace. And yet we're tasked to live like Jesus in this world um, among our coworkers and our neighbors and our family and our friends. When you're at work or school or home, how, how do you live that out? When you make decision after decision, Jesus says you can... You can strive to make those decisions look a little more like God. So how do we do that? How do we create peace? How do we look like Jesus? It feels intimidating, right? Jesus was perfect. That's really hard footsteps to follow in. And yet he's like, you can live like me. He gives us that. He believes in us. That's pretty amazing. And it may even sound like a frustrating task, like, Other people are pretty negative in my circles. Why do I have to be the one to always make the first move toward peace? It's tiring. And yet, Jesus says, that's what I'm ready for you to do. So let's look at the types of ways that God created peace throughout Scripture, throughout time, so we can grasp a little bit more of this task of ours. We began 2023 in the book of Exodus. It's the second book in the Bible in what we call the Old Testament. And it was a piece of Israel's history to read about a time when they were enslaved. And we spent months digging into this story. 
And every time we read about God and how he was described in the Old Testament, we reflected back to how Jesus was living it out still as the same God on earth in the New Testament to find the commonality. So how did God create peace in in this time? Exodus 3, first God reintroduced himself because the group of people known as Israel kind of forgotten who he was. And yet they cried out to this person, this entity, this deity that they didn't even remember. They just kind of had hope that God existed still. But when you're broken and you're low and you're being oppressed and you're in pain, you hope that someone out there sees you. So Israel cried out and God responded this way. God said, I am who I am. And in the original language, that's where we get this word, Yahweh. God says, this is my name forever. He gave them his name, Yahweh. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. I have watched over you. I have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you out of your misery. Yahweh said, You don't have to call me this title of God, deity in the sky. You can speak Yahweh, my name, and connect with me. But Yahweh drawing close to them and desiring to rescue them out of their harm, he wanted to create peace, and yet it's an interesting way that he had to do it. In order to create peace, Yahweh has to confront evil. Yahweh has to call out enslavement. Yahweh has to get the attention of a leader holding power and oppressing people. And so Yahweh says, I'm going to display signs and wonders. And we know of those often as the ten plagues. And yet we discovered that even throughout these ten, what God called signs and wonders, was a way of getting attention. And it was also a way of showing mercy, even to the oppressors. Because Yahweh said, I'm going to give you one more chance to free these people. I'm going to give you one more chance to care about the vulnerable among you. I'm going to give you another chance to recognize your own harm and to stop. And so... If you think of peacemaking as a passive situation, clearly Yahweh is demonstrated otherwise. Yahweh is very active here and very boundary drawing here and no further. Yahweh had to create some chaos, actually, in order to deconstruct this violence. Making peace is active. And sometimes we might have to be active as we create peace. We might have to speak Jesus' truth loudly. We might have to draw boundaries. We might have to go out and enact peace for the vulnerable. Yet let's not forget that when we take action, our motivation matters, right? I mean, we can do certain things, but what's the heart behind it? Are we doing things for our own glory? I get convicted of that time and again. Even in making peace, as we've seen, people come in with a savior mentality sometimes, right? We get, we've seen people getting called out for that. Making true peace, 
Where is the focus? Is it about truly protecting others? Is it about trying to live out the same love and peace that we read about in Scripture? So we have to check ourselves. That's a good time to do that when we come here every week, when we read Scripture again and again. And we have each other. Because sometimes we say, I read this ancient Scripture. How does it apply in this year? How do I head into 2024 and live this out? So we have each other to come and talk to and look at and say, are you seeing what I'm seeing? I have to make this decision. How do I make peace in this? And God gives us one another so we can grapple together to see what it means for us to make peace in our communities in 2024. As we said, this peacemaking looks different throughout Scripture. Different times, different needs. Peace is brought about in a different way. And when Jesus came... He was Yahweh come to earth. Yahweh gave a name, and Jesus lived out that name. And Jesus made peace by allowing himself to be falsely accused, arrested, and put to death through Roman capital punishment. That's a whole different way of peacemaking. And people were kind of surprised and a little bothered by that. His own followers were like, well, is that defeat? Is that bad? Did he not succeed because he just went to the cross? And yet, Jesus was creating peace. And he was connecting us to a relationship with Yahweh, the God who wants to make peace in our lives. Jesus died in order to heal us from harm and from harm we've done. And yet, his followers heard a rumor that he was alive again. Somehow, looking at death and saying, but you're also not going to get the last word. This fall, we studied the book of Galatians. And in that, there's a whole section of the New Testament. At the end, there's all these letters. And Jesus' followers were basically trying to figure out, like, was this true? And how do we live this out? And if this was Jesus who we believe, what did his death and resurrection mean? And how are we supposed to interact with each other in, with this truth? And they didn't have it all together. That's why there's many letters. We don't even know what the other side of the correspondence is. But they were trying to figure it out. And so we can read their example as we try to figure out how to live for Jesus today. And so in one scenario, when we were reading in Galatians, there was a situation where people who had grown up in very different backgrounds were now in church together. And where we're a small place here, they were, they were even like tighter, like in people's homes. They were like really facing each other and like noticing each other's differences and how to figure it out. And some grew up Jewish and some grew up Gentile and they had completely different worship practices from their ancestors and now suddenly they're like, how are we together? And in Galatians 3, they were reminded of this. In Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew or Gentile. There's slave nor free, nor male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. In order to live like Jesus outside, the first century church had to figure out how to live with each other, how to make peace as church members coming together. And they needed reminder after reminder. And with this mindset to say, you're a new family altogether. 
it's great that you have your heritage. Come together and see what a new family looks like together. And they use this, this concept of we're all adopted in. We're something new now. And with that unity mindset, how do you create peace with each other? Galatians 6.2 concluded, near the conclusion of the letter said, carry each other's burdens. And this way you fulfill the law of Christ. To make peace with each other was to serve each other. And we talked this summer, a whole summer focused on service. And or that we could challenge ourselves to care for each other's burdens here inside this church family and out. Out in our communities, out in our neighborhoods, out with our coworkers and our family. And the peacemaking or carrying each other's burdens, it requires two things. It requires, one, you have to be vulnerable enough to say what your burden is. No one can help you carry it if you can't express it. And number two is you got to pay attention. Look around and notice other people so that you can step in to support their burden. This type of peacemaking requires sacrificing your energy and your comfort. You may not always feel like you know what to do in this situation. It requires sacrificing time to carry someone else's burdens. But it's also a great way to say, you know what, I do have the skills to help you with that. What a great way to live out Jesus' love than to use the skills and experiences you have been given. When we begin to make peace together in the church, then other people notice, and we've got the strength, and we've got the practice within to go live outside these walls. This type of peacemaking it looked different in the first century church. When they called each other family, they were trying to get used to this adoption into a new family idea. And they would call each other brother and sister and like all these siblings in Christ. People thought, y'all are weird. <laughs> Sometimes living in a peaceful way, people are like, what are you doing? <laughs> but Jesus says, you know, when you're living like him, people might not always get it but you're still honoring God. Keep going. So again, when we come together, we have reminders. We can give each other encouragement and carry each other's burdens so that we can go out and be those peacemakers in relationships that are, that are hard and places that are uncomfortable to go to. But one more scripture we've got here to encourage us in this challenge to live out peace in 2024. And this goes back to the life of Jesus. And this was after Jesus died on the cross and he rose again. And his followers were super surprised that he appeared in their midst. In John chapter 20, it says, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors were shut where the disciples were. And Jesus came and stood in the middle of them. Peace be with you, he said. With these words, he showed them his hands and his side. That was where he would have been on the cross. And then the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the master. Peace be with you, Jesus said. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Jesus wanted to give his followers a peace to take with them. 
He knew that life was going to be hard. He wasn't going to be around them every day to remind them of this hope and this, this truth, this, what God looks like on earth. But Jesus believed in them. He's like, you can do this. I'm giving you my peace now so that you can carry it to others. So in order to go make peace, the disciples needed to take hold of Jesus' peace. So this leads us to our final thought of, the, of this time. In order to take hold of something, your hands have to be open. they got to have room to grab. There's a, there's a man named Bob Goff who is an author who speaks to thousands at church conferences. And he's also a lawyer who builds schools for young kids, especially girls, in Afghanistan. And he has a reputation for telling people, I quit things on Thursdays. He has centered his life around this idea of anticipation. So he's a great New Year's kind of a guy. He's got enthusiasm and joy, and he's like, I know that there's something new for me next week that God has, but in order to have room for it, I got to make room and quit some stuff. And so for a while, he would like post on Twitter like, well, I quit this today. Um, it's Thursday. Here's what I quit. And he would just challenge people. I mean, he said, you don't have to be as dramatic as like, don't quit a job every Thursday, but don't quit people. But he was also, some, sometimes he was just like, I quit doing this, and then I had room for that. And sometimes he was like, I quit thinking in this direction so that I could be more open to that joy and love and peace that God has. So in that spirit, if we're going we're gonna to be peacemakers, I want us to make room to make peace. So I want us to think right now. Might be the hardest thing we do this morning. Think about this. Pray about this. Listen to what the Spirit might be saying to you. What do you need to let go of? How do you need to make room to make peace this year? And it might be letting go of a habit that's distracting or unhealthy coping mechanisms. It might be a commitment that takes up your time and maybe you just need more time, more opportunities to say yes. Maybe it's letting go of something that's within fear or shame, or a grudge, so that you can be open to making peace, that you can be open to living like Jesus, that you can just know that you're allowed to represent Jesus wherever you go. So I want us to give us time to like think about this, not just say it and drop it and run. So you've all gotten a piece of paper that Steve handed around during our greeting time, hopefully, if not Wave a hand and we'll get you one. Uh, a regular, like a ballpoint kind of pen, I know we'll write on it. But I want you to just think and pray about where you need to make room to make peace. Is there something you can let go of in order to be ready for what's new? Now, the cool thing about this paper is that when you put it in water, the ink will just rise up and disperse and float away very magically. So I want us to have a visual of letting go. So we're going to have some time, and Dylan's going to play some music, and we're going to have just a few questions on the screen. And you can think about this, pray about this on your own, or the cool thing is we can also just talk to each other. 
Because sometimes it's easier to process out loud. I'm a verbal processor. Or you can ask somebody else, like, I need to, I don't know. Can you pray for me? What are you seeing in my life? That's why we're together as a church family. So if you'd like to talk or if you'd like to sit on your own, think about a few of these questions that are going to be on the screen. And after a little bit, um, we're going to have communion. And we're going to remember about Jesus' death and resurrection. And this time when we go forward to receive We want to leave something there. So drop your paper in the bowl of water and watch it dissolve. And think about where you're making room this year. So let's pray together. Yahweh, thank you for allowing us to draw close to you. Thank you for seeing us in all the year we've had. All of our joys and all of our burdens that we have faced in 2023. And God, we ask for your strength to let go of some things so that we can be ready to see what's, what you have for us in 2024. Jesus, help us to live out your peace. Help us to make peace in others' lives in this world this year. We thank you for being present today. Give us your wisdom and your strength. Amen. Thank you for the gift of your attention today. If you ever want to join Echo Church in person, we meet on Sundays at 1030 a.m. You'll find us at 1301 East McMillan Street. That's in the Walnut Hills neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio, just up the street from our city's beautiful Eden Park. Find out more about us on our website, echochurch.org. Have a great week.